Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday, September 7th. As we advance in the year here, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining today's TR90 Weight Management Call. My name is Frank Lomas, and I'm your host today. And I'm joining you from my home here in Lompoc, California, which is 54 miles north of San Barbara on California's beautiful, very hot Central Coast this week. <laughs> my business background before New Skin was a workaholic mortgage broker and a small business owner. I now enjoy what I call a carpet commute, walking from one bedroom to another to grow my business. I competed in one in both bodybuilding and weightlifting in my youth, and I still stay active daily with calisthenics, walking, hiking, bike riding, and high-intensity weight training at age 68. I turned 68, what, let's see, today's the 7th, so September 4th, so a few days ago. Yay, happy birthday to me. These calls occur at 6.40 to 6.55 a.m. Pacific time, Monday through Friday. To listen live, call 712-775-8972, wait for the prompt, and here are 910-022. Our panel does these calls to support your efforts with the AIDSLOT TR90 Weight Management Program, and that's based on three program components clinically shown to help you look leaner and happier in 90 days. The primary components are products, eating, and exercise. So check with your personal NewSkin representative or NewSkin product support for more details on the program, and check in here each weekday to stay connected with tips. You can find an archive of these calls on SoundCloud.com, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D.com, or your favorite podcast app by searching for TR90, or my name, Frank Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, or for Solutions for Anti-Aging. And today's topic, I found this article that came out uh, literally just yesterday morning at 8.03 a.m. here by Morgan Hines in USA Today, and uh, I found it just kind of interesting and and might be a little humorous, but it says, um, why, why do we eat foods that we know we shouldn't? And so uh, let's get started. This is in Morgan's voice here. Why do we eat foods that we know we shouldn't? I'm lactose intolerant, well, as I am actually, and I know I should, should keep an eye on my cholesterol, but neither of those factors stop me from picking, picking at a cheese board or ordering ice cream for dessert. I'm aware that I'm, while I'm eating my choices aren't benefiting me benefiting future me. I never feel good after, yet I keep repeating the cycle. I don't know why I keep doing it. I often swear that I'll stop. No more cheese, I say to myself, or I'll stay away from sugar. But somehow, even with the restraints I put on myself, I still want <clears throat> what I shouldn't have, sometimes even more. Plenty of people choose to eat foods they know aren't very good for them. I'm not the only one who struggles with this. When I wondered aloud about this decision-making process on Twitter, several users shared their stories about foods they consume, even if they'd be better off staying away from them. Zach Honick writes, even though he knows he's susceptible to gout, he still indulges in red wine, rich foods, and beer. I just deal with the gout attacks from time to time, he says. I'm susceptible to gout, so red wine, beer, rich foods are on the naughty list. I just deal with the gout attacks from time to time. Like me, Victoria M. Walker refuses to give up dairy. And A.C. Holiday replied that they have cysts and aren't supposed to drink coffee, but sometimes they still do because it provides comfort. Sean Deplin added that food helps to get, get through the slog of a daily grind. And another user said they chose to eat foods that maybe they shouldn't because, because YOLO, YOLO, you only, you only live once. Why do we keep choosing foods that we shouldn't? 
The answer isn't clear cut. There are a variety of reasons we choose to eat what we eat that are dependent on the individual, the circumstances, and other factors. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a spectrum when it comes to healthfulness and food. All foods can fit into a healthy diet. Says David Creel, psychologist and registered dietitian with Cleveland Clinic's Bariatric and Metabolic Institute. But there are foods on the less healthy end of the spectrum that we choose to consume, even with logical consequences such as a stomach ache or high cholesterol levels down the line. Some people actually think about it. They might have this have kind of this cost-benefit analysis. What am I going to get from this? What does it cost me? And they can make a decision based on that, Creel says. But that's not how everyone's brain works. For others, habit, play, habit plays into the decisions they make. A lot of people, though, they just kind of do what's familiar to them. And they don't do it with a lot of thought. What happens in the brain when we choose to eat something? Two areas of the brain are stimulated during the eating process. We know this from people who do brain research that there, are, that there tend to be two different drivers. Liking food when we eat it, our brain responds, and we can see that through imaging. And there's also a wanting piece. Both are important. If someone is having a craving, that's a wanting experience. It's similar to when someone who smokes is asked whether they like to smoke. They may not like to, but they do crave a cigarette. If you're in an emotional state, you may crave a specific food, too. The liking experience comes after eating or experiencing a food. Sometimes liking and wanting feed into each other, but they happen in different areas of the brain. <clears throat> the, the physiology of how we decide what we want to eat is complex. It also varies based on who is making the choices. So what are some of the factors what are some of the factors play into the way we choose food if we aren't actively assessing what the outcome of our eating decisions will be? Foods that taste good and seem fun are appealing to us. The reason why we consume those things that we shouldn't, for whatever reason, is typically driven by taste or flavor, says Charles Spence, a professor of experimental psychology at the University of Oxford in England. It's sort of hard to resist the temptation of the sugar or the salt or the fat. And part of why food tastes good is based on our associations made in connection to those foods. I ask my patients a lot, what would you describe as a fun food? And things like pizza or ice cream or cake, and they come up. So if you're bored on a Friday night, you might order pizza since that could be associated with fun. It could satisfy an entertainment quota for the brain as well. Another association might be how comfort foods are identified. Creole associates homemade buttermilk buttermilk biscuits with his grandmother. Conditioning from our upbringing contributes to how we associate food and when we want it. So it might not even be the food's flavor or taste that appeals to us as much as the association we pair with the food, Creel says. We sometimes weigh immediate desire over long-term impact. Smith says that we tend to value what happens immediately more than what is likely to happen in the future. People might be drawn more towards the reward of those typically great tasty foods in the moment because we weigh the more weigh that more heavily, he explains. He also says that weighing the now more heavily, says that a weighing the now more heavily than the future is a general tendency of the human brain. It can go beyond food, too, such as deciding whether to put money in the savings or spend it now. Evolution plays into our choices, too. How we choose what we consume also has to do with human history and evolution, according to Spence. 
The human brain, he says, will pay more attention to foods that are energy-dense with extra attention to those high in fat. We're evolved, he supposes, to find those foods attractive because at one point they were essential to survival. Long ago, perhaps people were struggling to find sufficient food. But now many of us live in a food-rich environment. Smith continues, explaining that some of the foods are maybe more energy-dense than we need now. The brain evolved for feeding, foraging, the brain evolved for feeding, foraging, and fornicating, he says, knowing that we all find it hard to override what he calls ancient urges. If you want to make different food choices, here's what to do. How do we change our decision-making process if we aren't happy with the choices we've been making? Creel says he often encourages patients to see pause he sees. Well, let me start again. Creel says he often encourages patients he sees to pause before taking action and consider the choice. Not to see anything as forbidden, but as two options that can have different outcomes. If you tell yourself, I should have one thing and I shouldn't have another, it kind of sets us up to not do well. For example, if we say to ourselves, I should have an apple and I shouldn't have cake, you either A, eat the apple and feel like you missed out on the cake, or B, eat the cake and feel guilty because you didn't eat the apple. <laughs> but if you choose to look at these choices while weighing the outcomes, then your actions will be different. Changing shoulds to coulds gives you freedom to make the decision, noting it removes guilt. So if you could have an apple or you could have cake, the decision might look like this. A, you choose to eat an apple that you think you will enjoy because it's a very good apple, or B, you choose to enjoy the cake because it's your favorite kind and it's your birthday. Whatever the reason may be, and find that you don't have guilt because you made a conscious decision that eating the cake was worth it. By making mindful decisions, it's not only the guilt that could be removed. Creel says you may also avoid eating something less healthy, like cake, if you came to the decision to have cake in a mindful way. Being mindful can enhance the enjoyment of all kinds of food, he says. I think it really help. I think it can really help on both sides of the equation. It can be helpful not to consume unhealthy foods. It can help promote the cons consumption of healthier foods. And again, this article originally appeared on USA Today, Why Do We Eat Foods That We Shouldn't? And it was published, uh, uh, pub posted yesterday at uh, 8.03 a.m. All right, well, that's, that's the article today. Um, and I'll remind you that these calls are recorded, and this will be posted on SoundCloud probably later this, later this evening. SoundCloud.com. You can find it by either putting in TR90 or my name, Frank Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, to find it on, uh, on uh, SoundCloud or once you land on that page or a uh, million podcasts are out there. And with that, I'll open up the line. Hang on one second here. Unmute. There we go. There Great, you go. Frank. That, that gets into the psychology behind why we do some of the choices we make. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I know I shouldn't put that extra salt on this, but I do it anyway. Or sometimes I catch myself, you know, just kind of even out of habit. I mean, well, I don't need, it doesn't even need salt. Why'd I do that? You know? <laughs> That's one of the things I do. Or every once in a while I'll eat some, uh, I'll get my candy, get my candy fixed a little too heavily. And I get a toothache, and I go, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> but I still did it anyway. Why, why did I do that? So these are big conscious decisions of you know, how, to, how to manage, manage those, those cravings. 
It's not. It's, well, saying, it's, it's not what you like that makes. It's not what you like that makes you fat. It's what you get to eat. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> Well, if there's nothing else, guys, hey, I'll once again remind you that you can pick up these calls on SoundCloud and be sure to return tomorrow for Susan and on Friday for Victoria. And, uh, hey, try to stay cool if you're not on my side of the country, you know, out there. I don't know what's going everywhere else, but we've got this heat wave, and it's, it's like icky. I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> so try to stay cool. Go out make it a great day, and I'll be back here next Wednesday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Frank. Birthday, Frank. Thank you, right. Frank. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Frank. Happy birthday to you. And many more. I love it. Thank you. I love it. Come on. Oh, good. And the recording's still going, so people can hear that. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye.